going on, everyone? Welcome to the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we enlighten middle school and high school student athletes about the realities of college sports. Uh, we have a very, very special guest, uh, my sister here, uh, Mrs. Alexis Roberson. Um, so, but while she's doing all her, <laughs> this is how it's going to be the whole podcast, everyone. So just be ready for it. Um, before we get into it, I have to give you a little bio. Um, Lexi is a former student athlete. Um, at Legacy High School, which was formerly known as Robert E. Lee High School in Tyler, Texas. Um, while at Legacy, she was uh, on the all-academic team as a junior and senior and received all district honors in volleyball as a senior. After graduating, Lexi went on to play collegiately at Riston College, where she was eighth in the conference in solo and total blocks um, as a middle blocker. Yes, yes. Your husband kind of gave me that info, but, you know. <laughs> and she was on an all-conference team as a freshman and was all-academic American. I mean, an all-conference academic selection. Um, after playing at Richland, Lexi decided to stop playing volleyball and focus on school and attend the University of North Texas. We don't, we don't have any judgment towards her for that at all. Uh, pony up. Um, and now she's happily married, graduated with her bachelor's, and pursuing her master's degree in business administration at North Texas as well. So we're very excited to have you on, Lexi. How are you doing today? Oh, I am excited. Super excited. We're, we're, we're so excited to have you on. And everyone, I keep calling her Lexi, so we're, we're casual here on the podcast. Yes. So um, that's what we're going to call her today. Yes. Um, so starting out, Lexi, um, how did you get involved in sports? Um, getting involved in sports, be, like everybody, it started in the Pop Warner days. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I was in first grade and it started with cheerleading. Mm, it, okay. A long time I did not realize was a sport, but cheerleading was my heart and soul for the longest. And as I got older, I think I stopped cheering when I was 15. Stopped okay. cheering. 15. Uh, so that was my sport for a very, very long time. Um, but that's how I got involved. Um, I, I noticed because I heard it all the time from coaches and things like that, that I was built different. Okay. I, uh, you know, in cheer, you have to jump, you have to, mm -hmm. to um, I was a base, I was strong and things like that. I had thicker legs, but I realized that I jumped significantly higher than others on the team from Pop Warner all the way through middle school. And um, when it came to like the big stunts, the big basket tosses and things like that, oh, my coaches made sure that I was one of the bases for mm -hmm. it. Leg power, like right. throw a whole entire girl into the air. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize it for the longest that I had the leg power to do it. So that's how the athleticism started. Um, and then in middle school was the first time I got introduced to uh, volleyball, basketball, and track. So, and so when did so how long did you play those three sports? Uh, I did <laughs> volleyball started from what seventh grade they allow you to compete. So right. seventh grade, but twelve, thirteen, mm -hmm. all the way up until I was twenty. Okay, mm -hmm. that was my sport. A uh, basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my athletic abilities did not work in basketball. Okay. Um, I played, <laughs> look, I, in middle school, I was like B-team galore. <laughs> Definitely B-team. And then my freshman year, I, I also played basketball, but, you know, they only had one team, so right. I had no choice but to be A-team. Mm -hmm. 
freshman year was not good. Um, and then track, I did not enjoy track, but I was great at the events. Okay. So I, since I didn't enjoy it, I did it seventh grade and eighth grade, and that was it. I definitely hear the track beat. I did not like track at all myself. Oh. And so when you started doing junior high, you stopped playing, um, you stopped cheering, and you went just to those three sports. No, okay, so in junior high, because like I said, up until I was 15, cheering was my number one thing. Mm -hmm. um, so in junior high, I also cheered. So mm -hmm. volleyball, basketball, track, but cheer was first for me. And um, in my middle school cheer team, we competed like we were a club cheer team. Our coach had that experience of she brought in outside people to train us to we just all the things we traveled for competitions, national champions, things like that. So cheer was number one. And I just played volleyball, basketball and track because it was the thing to do in seventh and eighth grade. Right. So. So when did you switch over to volleyball being your um, primary? Uh, freshman year. Okay. Uh, after eighth grade, I decided not to pursue cheer in high school because I saw that our high school's cheer team was not competitive. They okay. were more showy. You know, you curl your hair, you look cute, and you rah-rah. Mm -hmm. That's about it. They right. were hard competitors jumping as high as you can, like perfecting those type of things. So I decided not to pursue cheer going into my freshman year. And um, volleyball, I that's what I decided to do. That's when I really figured out, okay, volleyball is it. Like that was my sport. Mm -hmm. And then I thought I liked basketball. So I just, that's when I decided to try yeah. <laughs> basketball after volleyball season, right. quickly learned it was not it. Gotcha. <laughs> I couldn't quit in the middle of the season because my dad would not allow it. Oh, yes. My um, dad would have told me the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, you got to finish. You don't have to keep going, but you have to finish. Um, and so it's that, it seems like you've always had the competitive nature and competitive spirit about you. Um, especially for you turning from what you thought was cheering, and you're like, no, that's not enough for me. Let me go over here to volleyball. Um, so were you instantly um, good at volleyball when you first started, or did it take some time for you to develop? So like I mentioned, I was built differently. I had a different athleticism. And let me pause and say this. This is probably the most I've talked about myself since oh, no, I, no, you're good. I stopped playing. So it's like a little odd for me to, to kind of recognize that I was good. Like I was just an athlete, a natural. Well, your husband tells me all the time that you were. Know. <laughs> you know, he don't, he don't mind boosting somebody. Right. He does not at all, which is what I love about him. <laughs> Same. Um, so I was a natural athlete. I could jump high. I could jump very high. I had fast twitch muscles which I didn't learn that that's what they were called until college, but right. I had fast twitch muscles. Um, so I, of course I didn't have all the skills, but I picked up on the skills faster than most. So. How did you do that? So did you, so let's talk to the student athletes right now that are listening that are in high school or they might be in junior high making that transition. What did you do? to pick up those skills? Was it just practice or did you like do anything outside? Like what did you do? So um, I should say this, I did not grow up with all of the resources um, that were, probably were available. I didn't know club volleyball was a thing or else 
I would have joined so much sooner. So I didn't have, like my family didn't have the available resources for me to train outside of school. But when I was at school and that was our training time, I took it seriously. I, I'm a goofy person at heart, yes, but you get me out there for practice and stuff. I may smile here and there. I may crack a joke or two if we're having a good practice. But other than that, okay, coach, what's next? I think, I think that's so important because somebody needs to hear that, that you might not have all the resources available. You might not know what next steps you need to take. But with what you do have, like let's just talk about in that moment when you're at school, that needs to be your primary focus. Um, is there anything else you want to hit on when it came to that? Yes. Another thing is not only in like actual volleyball practice did I take it seriously, but we also had workouts. Mm -hmm. That was my first introduction to the weight room, to like uh, running to build your uh, stamina and other things like that. I took it seriously, in the, especially in the weight room. That's another time that I learned like, okay, like I build different. I have a little more muscle than most girls on the team. When I tell you, I, I took it the extra mile. So, you know, the coaches would say, okay, ladies, you're going to do your squats and you're going to put a 10 on each side of the bar. And you're going to squat that. I realized that wasn't challenging me. Mm. So I, I took the initiative to ask the coach, coach, is it okay if whenever I do whichever ones I need to do, I up the weights? And of course the coach is like, why would you like go? Yeah, do it. Right. Don't even ask. But I didn't, that's my first introduction to a weight room. I, I didn't really know how to proceed. So that was another thing for me too. Just taking what, the workouts really seriously. What benefits did you see from, like you weren't satisfied with saying that you were these 10 and the five player pay. You put it on. So what benefits did you see both on and off the court that um, you gained from doing that and challenging yourself more? So on the court, just even pause, off the court in the weight room, I noticed that like around me, they would notice and be like, oh, Alexa, you know, Alexa's trying to be strong and things like that. Like, yeah, you could say that. But then I noticed a few weeks later, other people were trying to mm. up their weights. It was, it was kind of a domino effect that yeah. other people started taking the initiative to also push themselves further in the weight room when they felt like the current weight wasn't doing it for them. Mm -hmm. So that was big off the court, but that also builds the team competitive spirit. Right. Like you kind of compete with each other to work out, but it's all because we're all going to get better as a team to, mm. for outside, to play outside teams. Right. Um, on the court – during games, it's the same thing. I, because I took it seriously with practice in, in the weight room, I, pra I played how I practiced many, many times. I mean, I'm not perfect. There were a few times where I was just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now in practice, you can, you can get that serve to the sixth spot. What are you doing today? Mm. Why is it hitting the net? <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, but for the most part, I played in games just like I practiced. I didn't, I'm not cracking smiles. Mm -hmm. I'm still your friend, but we, I'm still a big team encourager, but game face is on. I'm taking it seriously. I'm helping you taking it seriously. All of the above. So I like that. I like that a lot. So let's transition to your um, academics in high school. Oh, yeah. So enlighten us about <laughs> enlighten us about your um, academic uh, prowess. Listen, I've always been good at school. 
Don't be like me, folks. I didn't try in high school. And, and I, I just, I'm not proud. I, trust me, they, they learned earlier in a few episodes before that I did the same thing. I did just enough to get through. And that's the thing. My just enough were still really good grades. But a piece of me feels like, man, if I would have taken it a tad bit more seriously in high school, how much further could I have known my study habits and myself in college? That's a gym. That's yes. a gym. Yes. In college, oh, you learn fast. What what you did in high school ain't gonna that ain't gonna work here. It do, it doesn't. So what did you learn about your study habits? I'm sure in college you kind of had to figure that out, and you're getting your master's and stuff now. So what? A piece of advice would you give someone who's probably a student athlete who's struggling with their study habits in high school? What would you tell them uh, that you learned through your journey? Um, one thing, I, it's, it's hard to remember, but for me, it helped to know that academics came first when making that transition from high school to college. Mm -hmm. While like, yes, I had, I was so grateful and blessed to have the opportunity to play sports. I knew I was there to get my associate's degree. Like I, I knew I was there to take classes, to do well in those classes and go on to the next, the next step. So that helped me a lot. Um, and figuring out my study habits, it, now I ain't gonna hold you. I didn't figure it out until I got to the University of North Texas and I wasn't that's okay. anymore. Yeah. But if you can tell them what you learned at North Texas now, they can implement it. I learned that I am not an all-nighter person. Okay. Back then, I, I was not an all-nighter. Now it's a little different now that I'm a lot older and, you know, more, more life things that I take care of. I kind of have no other choice but to study. Right. But then I utilized my time if i had two hours between class instead of me going back to my dorm or going to my apartment to chill maybe for an hour and a half or whatever before getting back on campus for class i'd go to a computer lab or i'd go to the library and pull out my laptop and work on stuff um for me i noticed that those little increments of time helped me a lot and i was able to i figured out that i was not an all-nighter person so i was able to get through my undergrad without pulling all-nighters and i'm mm -hmm. so so glad and so i want to i want to expand on that expound on that point a little bit too because that's mm -hmm. another great point and that you knew who you were you knew that studying all night that's not for me mm -hmm. some people that might be what they do in order yeah. to get through but you recognize that that's for you and so this is not just for academics, not just for athletics, but in whoever is listening in your whole life, understand what you are and how you operate in order to maximize the gifts that you have. And so you might be good at academics, but if you're not, if you are putting all nine, then that's not who you are. You're not going to get the results that you want. You're not realizing your full potential. Mm -hmm. Like you may get results like, okay, yeah, I, I made it through, I made a good grade, but did you retain anything? Especially when you get to those those classes that are a part of your major. For me, retention was a really big deal. Right. Um, also in that, even in those little increment um, hours that I had, I would use it to make study cards. For me, writing is so big. 
That's writing, writing in what way? Like taking notes. Okay. So as I, if I have to read sections of a textbook, I am taking notes as I see fit. It helps me. Um, and then, you know, once you have that test in the class, you kind of realize, okay, I need to tweak my notes to make it a little more detailed, or maybe I'm too detailed right now and I'm spending too much time. I can scale it back. But me writing things down is a, a big number one. I like that. I like that. So we talked about athletics, talked about academics. So tell me about the rest of your college experience. So socially, maybe with friends, mm -hmm. um, like internships, you did any of that, volunteering. Just tell me about your experience and what you kind of learned and what molded you into the uh, woman you are today. Yeah, um, when I got to junior college. Sorry, just in high school, sorry. Sorry. Just in high school? Yeah, the high school portion. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go to junior college a little bit, but just high school. So my social life in high school was fine. Mm -hmm. It was fine. I'm, of course, you have to deal with all the high school dramas that every high schooler has to deal with. But I was grateful that I had a team of friends because it, I don't know, it's, it's something different when you actually like your teammates and you actually like to be around them and they're cool people and things like that. So we could not only were traveling, doing practice and going to games and stuff, we hung out like during school hours. Um, we, I mean, don't do this either, but we would sneak off campus for lunch and guess who I was with? Guess whose trunk I was in? Trying to sneak off campus for lunch. Like it's, it's, it's times like those, like, so the social, the social part was great. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the other aspect of it? Any like, other aspects that you have. Like extracurricular. Mm -hmm. So outside of sports, extracurricular activities, I, I do regret not being a part of other activities in high school. What would you have done if you can I, remember? I think I would have tried harder for National Honor Society. Mm, okay. Um, and that... I think I, I'm pretty sure I had the GPA for it, but you have to go to meetings. You had to commit to volunteer hours. And it, I think there's another aspect of National Honor Society, but with the volunteer hours and the meetings, I just was like, mm, I got practice. Mm -hmm. um, I, got, I got a game. Yeah, I was the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I was the exact same way. Yeah. So, um, so I didn't do that much. And also, I'm trying to think of what other organizations were even there in high school. That's the thing. I don't even know what was available. Mm. So what would you tell the high school student athletes now? Would you tell them to um, look into those and to see what's available? Yes. Do, do some research. If you know what you're interested in, especially, um, and you feel like you have the time that won't completely stress you out from being a high school student, if it's not available, get with your favorite teacher. Uh, maybe they could be the faculty sponsor for it or, you know, something like that. I wish I would have taken that part more seriously because I would, I probably would have started something that had to do with physical therapy sooner mm -hmm. so that I could realize sooner that physical therapy was not the career I really wanted to do. Got you. Yeah. Because um, for a very long time, I, I've always said like, yes, I'm going to school to be a physical therapist. And it wasn't until I last semester of my undergrad at UNT, I realized this ain't for me. Mm. It was tough. 
I still got the degree. I was too far to turn back. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So I would encourage athletes to, if you, if you know, it's okay if you don't, but if you know, start now. And then if you know of other organizations on campus that maybe your friends are going to, or you may think you like, try it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to fully commit yourself if you know it's not for you, but you should at least try. So. And that's so important because people think that school is just school. What it is, you go to school, take your multiple choice test, you do your little essays, turn in your homework, and that's it. But no, school is in place to set you up for the future. Organizations are in place. The engineering organization is to set you up with other engineers and to be around other engineers. Business school is the same way. And so don't look at school as just something you have to do. Right. There are other infrastructures in place that will support you and get you to where you ultimately want to be. So yeah, Lexi, that's super. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to say that's something I wish I would have realized a lot sooner. I think I didn't fully understand that concept until I got into my master's program. Mm -hmm. That's in master's program, you know, yeah. like listen, listen to the student athletes, listen, <laughs> listen to what she's saying. Um, so a couple more high school questions. When you were in high school, did you ever have a dream or goal of, pl of playing um, Division One or college sports? Mm, starting out in high school, I played it because it was competitive. I liked it. It was fun. I think um, the end of my junior year was a pivotal point for me. Where That's when I personally realized, like, okay, I am great at this I was uh I think I was working the end of my freshman year and I was like I'm working I have some funds I need to funnel my funds towards like outside resources to help me train um a piece of me feels like it was too late for me to try to to go for like d1 um four-year college type athlete but I'm grateful I figured it out and I still funneled what resources I did have into training. So starting the first three years of playing volleyball in high school, I played it because I liked it. Actually, my junior year, I halfway liked it. I got to a point where I was like, I'm about to quit. Wow. Why is I, that? If you don't mind me asking, why do you, why'd you oh, tell Oh, I don't mind at all. So my junior year, like many student athletes go to, go through, you're eligible for JV you're eligible for varsity but you're you know you're upperclassmen it's you you know you're suppo supposed to be on varsity that's the thing and i went through you know the two a day and the tryouts and made varsity team okay great but there were seniors on the team and people who were taller than me so i knew like i wasn't starting but as um, a few practices went on, I talked, like, uh, the head coach pulled me to the side, and she's like, you know what? I think what I'm going to do is for the first part of the season, you can play for JV. Because, you, you know, you're eligible for both as long as you don't play on both teams in the same week. You can play on either team. Right. So I remember at first, oh, I was like, oh, no. So I suck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's – but that's real though. Yes. Somebody needs to hear this right now. Yes. I thought that like, dang, I am trash. Like I, I'm, I'm not a starter, but I'm not even on the bench of varsity anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's real. That's real. I understand. When I, when I started playing like JV games, oh, when I when I tell you I was killing them. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some of my favorite plays because being on JV, like I was varsity trained because I still practice with varsity. So I was varsity trained, athletic, fast switch muscles, things like that. Oh, and you give me a good, you gave me the good JV setter on the team. Oh, we run in all the trick plays that we would right. normally do in practice. That, right. so it was so much fun playing on JV. Because I got to do that. I got to run my slides, my threes, you know, hitters crossing at the front. Oh, oh you thought I was about to jump. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> you got to do all of that and practice it and, and hone that skill. So I, it was so much fun playing on JV. <laughs> and this is what happened. One of the starters, the middle blocker starters, who was a um, senior, tore her ACL. Wow. Middle of the season. So guess what that means? You got to move right back up. I'm moving right back up. And not only am I moving up, I'm a starter. Mm. Man, would I tell you, going from JV, like, less pressure, I'm here to have fun, like, I'm, I'm great. Like, I, I knew it. I was confident to permanently being forced, forced right. to be on varsity. It was – you you would you would think I was trash because mm -hmm. confidence wasn't there. I was taking taking up space on the court. What uh -huh. like when I got on the court, it was it was such a hard pill to swallow. When I got on the court, what was I doing? Mm -hmm. Was I drawing out blockers? Was I getting kills? Was I blocking the ball? My stats were minimal. It, it, it almost felt like I was just a body right. to make sure they had enough players. That's wow. Yeah. It, so my junior year going from that to that type of pressure and then realizing like, man, like I'm not hitting well. I'm nervous all the time. I don't want to make a mistake playing against because other varsity teams playing against six footers, middle blockers. And here I am little old five, six mm -hmm. across the net. Um, I just, I had no confidence in doing that. And I was going to quit. So which, so oh, you actually going to answer my next question. So your lowest point wasn't being moved down. Your lowest point was when you got moved up and you realized like, Whoa, this is different. Yep. And I, I had the mindset at first that moving down was just the most terrible thing. It was not. Wow. Getting, experiencing moving down and having that much fun on the court all the time and winning. Mm -hmm. Not only am I I'm having fun, but I am winning. Like, we're winning. Yeah, that's a great feeling. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then to go up on varsity, and it, I didn't care if we win, if we won, or if we lost because I wasn't contributing. My stats were I, – I, was I getting any touches on blocks? No. And remember I told you, like, I jumped significantly higher right. than a lot of people. There's no reason why I should not be – I just – the confidence was not there, and it definitely affected my ability, and it was – ugh, so low. So, so – but, okay, I'm glad that there's, a, there's another side to the story. You mm -hmm. overcame that. Yes. When and how? It was the last few games of like the district 
season. Mm-hmm. So the, the stuff that counts, uh, we made it to the playoffs. I was contributing more on the court. We made it to the playoffs. And we played our first round of the playoffs my junior year. We played some Amazons. As and in, just for those who don't know, tall, very tall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> why, why is the setter six foot? Wow. And setters, for those who don't know, they're usually, what, like five, one, five, two? They, they, can, they, they can be, yeah, any size. But yeah. they're usually the ones, like, you know, putting up the ball in the air for the hitter to smack it down. Right. The setter is six foot. Wow. The setter, uh, the way they had their play set up, the setter, uh, certain times when she was on the court, she could also be a hitter. Mm. So you don't so, know what's going on. <laughs> so not only are you a six foot setter, I also don't know at certain points where you're on, like when she was on the court, I didn't know like, okay, are you about to set the ball because you can, or are you about to smack the ball because you wow. Wow. Oh, but I still could, I contributed so much that night against those big old Amazon. <laughs> I'm talking even, even the libero was my, I think she was maybe an inch or two taller than I was. And this is the back row person. This is the one right. who side side passing the balls, digging them up, all of that, even taller than I was. But I still contributed. I got a, so many touches, like block touches. I wasn't, I don't know if I had many like actual blocks, but I got so many touches where I was able to slow down the ball or deflect mm-hmm. the ball and allow our back row people to like have a chance to pass it set it up get some kills in right um I think that was a pivotal that was a pivotal point I realized like okay I while I'm not getting actual blocks I am touching this ball and I am a big factor in our ability to set something up and make a play yes also, when the ball, you know, we're making the play and the ball is set, I understood that I, I was not going to get set a lot. I mean, naturally, I'm 5'6". I mean, yes, I can jump, but think about it. If the setter is six foot, you can imagine the middle blocker being 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, right, right. So I wasn't getting set a lot, but you know what I did? I sold it. I did my approaches full on. I'm jumping all in effort, jumping as high as I can, like I'm about to get set the ball, draw in that blocker, setter shoots it out to another hitter, smack it down, bam, that's a play. Now, I'm not the one who smacked the ball down, but I know I drew that block, that 6-4 blocker right here because she thought I was about to try to get it. Right. I drew her here, opened up a whole entire area of the court. I, I realized like, oh, there's more to than just stats. Ooh. I was doing so much more than stats see, that night. So you see, you're saying a lot. You're saying okay. a lot right now. You're, you're saying a lot of good stuff. So the principle was you found a way that you could contribute. You might not have contributed the same way that you did on JV, yep. but you found a way to be productive and to ultimately help your team win. And also for yourself. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. We lost. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> but it was well, no. You it, tried to help your team yes, win. <laughs> yes. It would we didn't lose. It wasn't a sweep like we were projected to do though. Okay. But. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate the honesty. I like that. Um, but you found, like you said, okay, I might not be able to block this ball, but I can get a tip. 
I yep. can slow it down for my teammates. Yep. So that was a small win that you had yep. that you that helped you build that confidence. So anyone who's struggling, anyone who might be making a big leap from freshman team up from eighth grade to freshman team or to varsity, find a way to contribute and get a small win. Find one thing you can get better at and move from that. Move on from there. Yes. Man, yes. So many nuggets. So many <laughs> nuggets. I didn't realize those were nuggets until you summarized it. I was like, yeah. oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that was good. Um, so let's transition. Yeah. Why did you choose Richland? Well, first of all, let's go here. Okay. What options did you have of playing collegiately out of high school? Okay, so I did not have any D1 options. Let me just say that. Um, I went and tried out um, – for D1 junior colleges. Okay. I tried out for those and even- Help us with what D1 junior colleges are. So D1 junior colleges are like the two-year, the SMUs of two-year colleges. Like you you go there, you can get a full ride scholarship, like full entire, everything paid for top to bottom at those junior colleges. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried out for some of the teams you know, some tryouts were better than the others, but some other tryouts, like, I did really well and was, like, invited to be on the team, but it wasn't a scholarship offer. And, I mean, now that I think about it, I was probably being, like, too humble or not being confident in myself, but I would look at other people who were there and be like, okay, if I were to join this team, like, if I were to make this team, what are my chances of playing? Because I wanted to play. Like, I didn't want to just go to the next level to practice. That was big for me personally, right. personally. So I was okay with not, you know, no D1 four-year colleges. I knew that. I was okay with that. Why were you okay? Like, how did you come to grips with that? Like, you didn't feel like you missed out at all? I'm trying to think. That's a good question. How, like, did I really come to grips that, okay, I may not be the D4, I mean, the D1 four-year college athlete, I think my, you know, when I said my, after my junior year, I started funneling my own resources. I started paying for club and outside of clinics and things like that. And there were ladies my age who were committed to four-year D1 colleges. <laughs> like, and I know I'm a great athlete, but, but I, I knew that there was something different. They had also played club and things like that since they were like eight. They've also gone to all the workshops and all the things and had mentors and things like that all the way from their childhood to now. And I could, I could tell that there was a difference. I, I could have pushed myself and things like that, but I was like, there, it is something different. I am an athlete. I know that, but there's something different about the skill there. Mm -hmm. I didn't have um, as long of an opportunity to perfect my skill like they did. Right. So yeah. I think that's what really helped me be like, you know, I'm okay with that. Okay. I accept that. I'm not mad at it. It's cool. Um, the next step were like uh, D2 colleges and D3. I don't think I got many mm -hmm. looks for, from D2 colleges or I looked at D2 colleges. I don't think I did that. But D3 four-year colleges I looked at, sure. um, got some looks from. The only deal is with D3 um, four-year colleges, like they don't pay. Right. And I wasn't in a position to go to a four year right off the back and pay out of pocket at right. the same time. I just wasn't in that position or else I would have gone. 
-hmm. but wasn't in that position. Um, now with Richland, it is a D3 junior college. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this. I don't know what that coach did, but some type of way I didn't pay for everything. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll keep that on the podcast. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know. I, all that to say is I chose Richland because it was financial benefits. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I would play. Mm -hmm. I really liked that it was in Dallas. I wasn't too far from home. Um, I had family members up here, but I could also travel back to Tyler two hour drive when I needed to. Yeah, that was, that was a big one. So you said a lot again, because you were realistic you were realistic about where you where you saw your skill set was. Mm -hmm. um, you did not. You were smart financially. So I feel like a lot of times people, when they have to choose between walking on to like a big school or getting financially stable at a smaller school, they always choose. A, well, not always. A lot of times they choose a big school, but they don't realize that when choosing a big school, first of all, like you said, you're not going to play. Most of, the, most of the time. I have seen walk-ons come on and play. Very true. Very true. But very, very few actually play. And you're going to be in a mound of debt if you don't have a lot of academic help. You don't have a lot of academic scholarships. Yep. So anybody listening, just be thinking about some of the things that Lexi was saying when she was um, talking about her transition being close to home. Because all these things matter. Because you don't want to go somewhere and then transfer. You don't want to go somewhere not like it. Like you need to know your priorities and what you actually want to do as you're transitioning to school. Mm -hmm. I have encountered quite a few athletes, um, but they were football players, if I'm not mistaken. Football players, not even volleyball players, but I encountered quite a few athletes and I'm always hesitant to share my experience or share my advice because a lot of times that could be taken as, well, you don't believe in me. Or you, you don't, you, so you don't think I can do it. Or I know I'm good enough if I work hard and like, yes, I know. But I have seen athletes come out of high school, make those types of decisions. You know, I'm going to walk on here. And then some, they go through one football season. That's one academic semester and you're back home or you're transferring to a junior college. Right. So I'm always hesitant to share, like, this podcast is the space for me to share because that's the whole point. But I'm always hesitant to offer that to, to people outside of like something like this mm -hmm. because I never want to come off as that I don't believe you knew or I don't think you can do it or that you don't have the right amount of skill because hard work, it, it can cover a lot of things. I worked my butt off. I am, so I'm not mad at myself for recognizing that. I just didn't have the time to hone that skill to get to the level where they were. Yeah. I had to accept it. I didn't harp on it. I didn't be like, oh, what was me? I wish we had more money. And yeah. it was, I, I was okay with it. I worked to even get to that point. I exactly. gave myself the funds. I know my parents wanted to, and they, oh, they supported me so much morally and mm -hmm. there, but financially, we just couldn't. Yeah. So, I don't know. So I'm glad I'm able to say that here and not feel bad about it or not think that you can't do it or anything like that. This is just my experience. Yeah, exactly. I it love it. What do you think about? And there's a lot more people's experience than what they realize. Exactly. Like, there's so I many more people's experience. I feel like 
Yeah. That's so, that's really good. Um, so what was your experience like? Uh, let's talk about academically first at Richland. Um, mm-hmm. How was the how was the shift? What was the biggest thing you learned from Legacy High School to Richland? The biggest thing I learned is these pe- professors, they don't get paid regardless. <laughs> <laughs> if you come to class or if you don't, uh, they are going to get go. paid. If you get it and you decide not to ask questions or if you if you do ask, they're going to get paid. I'm sure, I know for a fact, many professors, they want you to get it. They want you to understand. But they don't know what you can't, what you don't say. They're still going to get paid. Right. So... <laughs> It, it takes a lot of self-discipline to because it's raining and it's cold outside. I still got to get out this bed and go to class. Yes. Whoa. Yes, you are preaching right now. Because there have been a few times where I'm like, you know what? The weather ain't right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'll text somebody in the class, get some notes or something, and I'm going to stay home. But but it's, it's, it's self-discipline. I know um, I heard it a lot in high school where the teachers are like, well, in college, you know, you can never get away with this. A lot of the stuff they say you can't get away with, you can, because they don't get paid regardless. You're just not going to pass. Exactly. That's why you're not getting away with it, because you're not going to get what you, you're exactly. Not get what you want. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to pass, sir right. or ma'am. So, I mean, so utilize yourself, like, tap into it early. Tap into it now. And also, when you're in class, um, one thing I learned, it took me a while, speak up. I, I am a, some people call me nosy. <laughs> I call it inquisitive. It, that, that applies academically. If I don't get it, or if I lost how you got to the point you got, now I'll, I'm going to ask. Right. And more often than not, there are other people in class that are like, oh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I have that yeah. Nobody sure. was gonna say nobody's gonna say anything until I said you know, like so be that person. Ask, especially mm-hmm. if uh you're paying for something out especially, even if you're not paying, but especially if you're paying for it out of pocket. That's your education. Yes. Yes. So uh, that, was, that was some things I learned. What did you learn? So what was your experience like acad- I mean athletically in terms of being a student athlete? Oh, so athletically practice was the same but it was different okay um excuse me even though it was a d3 junior college it was serious like i and i took high school practices seriously but it was serious a lot of the times. You came in, you you put on your shoes, and th- that's another thing. That's another self-discipline thing. You're responsible for yourself. You can no longer rely, like, you know, you may not drive in high school, which, which I didn't, so I had to rely on, like, well, I got to catch a ride with this friend, or maybe my mom can take me, things like that. In college, unless you talk to the coach and the coach knows your situation, she gives you a time to be on the court and ready to run like to warm up and run and stuff like that. Right. Whatever time you get to the gym to get ready to do that is on you. Exactly. You better be on this court at 322. <laughs> 322 coach? Yes. I said 322. We are starting our warm-ups. Right. That was so athletically self-discipline comes in into play there. I had to be on top of getting to the gym on time, putting on all of my shoes, knee pads, ankle braces, 
like getting stuff wrapped if I needed to. That was up to me. I couldn't do that during practice time like you can in high school. If I needed some type of um, extra rehab on a, a joint or something, that was up to me to set that up earlier. It was not the coach's responsibility. It was not practice time to do that. So that was a big one. And then you, I had a set of friends, which was nice going into junior college, a brand new place. Um, like I went to the same, y'all all went to Richland? Is no, I'm like, um, so you know, volleyball season starts before school starts. Oh, right, 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 got you. So by the time school started, you had friends. Mm -hmm. You had a social life and things like that because you had your teammates. And for the most part, mostly everybody on the team, like, I got along just fine with, liked very well, and could hang out with outside of that. So it's one thing, like, it's really big to like your teammates. Don't force it, but. To me, it was a huge difference in how y'all played on the court, whether or not y'all liked each other, if y'all meshed well, how like y'all got over uh, mistakes and stuff in practice or on the court. Like, for instance, there was a time where I think it was after a game. We we had a terrible game, and we were the coach was like that was just too bad to not run for your mistakes, like right here, right now, after this game. Oh, wow, okay. So, you know, we we didn't pack up our stuff. We sat at that gym and did some running and did some uh, some other drills and stuff that she felt like this is what you were supposed to do in the game and stuff like that. And this one girl just had the, the, the nastiest attitude. Mm -hmm. Now, ma'am, you didn't even play. <laughs> in the game <laughs> what you got this attitude for right but I think she had the attitude because she didn't play in the game and she had to like so I, I think that's where her source of attitude came from but I was like now um now we usually pretty good with our team cohesiveness now but then it just I wasn't the first to notice and then other people if they notice something they gonna say it and then it just kind of boiled into a not a spat, but it was like, well, if you do this, you know, well, I'm not doing no more running. We're like, wow. bro, bro, if you don't run, we got to run more. Can you please get on this line? Wow. How did y'all overcome that? Uh, it was a lot of begging. Some people begged. Some people had an attitude. <laughs> Me, my looks, I was like, and I was considered one of the leaders on the team, but I, I couldn't say anything because I was going to pop off. I think we got over it. The coach finally realized, like, nah, this is this is a toxic person right now. Maybe she wasn't toxic all the time, but a lot of the times she was, and she was being so toxic at that moment till she right. had to be like, you know what? Let me pull you to the side. Let's have a conversation. Everybody else go home and we'll, you know, we'll retackle this in the morning at practice. Right. So I don't know if we truly got over it. We just yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. There were a couple of things you talked about before that we can talk on, touch on brief, uh, briefly. You talked about the seriousness, and that's what shocked me when I came to SMU. I'm like, this is not high school pep rally Friday game at the <laughs> at the game. My dad over in the state. No, this is like serious business. This is for real, and that shocked me. Going, I'm like, because I remember in practice. Um, I was I had a bad practice that day and we weren't filmed. And my coach said, Jeremiah, do you realize that on Friday, you're going to be playing on ESPN 
in front of a nationally televised audience against Texas Tech. <laughs> I was like, oh, I never thought about it that, <laughs> that way before. I don't want we have to look at crazy, but the seriousness is real. Yes. And no matter what level, like you just oh. said, you no matter what level. And no yeah, that, that seriousness got and then you said uh, the other one you talked about was preparation. And People don't realize how much preparation goes into before practice. Mm-hmm. Like your ankles tapped, I mean taped. Um, you got to make sure. Like we had an hour and a half to get to the stadium to eat, get taped up for practice, put all of our equipment on, be outside for pre a pre warm up, warm up. <laughs> so it's like it's so much stuff you have to get done before. And don't please don't come late, please. No. no. <laughs> no. Not only is it bad for the person coming late, because you usually usually like punished in some type of way, but many times the whole team got to do it with you. Yes. <sighs> so p- please, please listen to what we're saying and yes. be start preparing now, <laughs> and don't wait. Don't. Uh, I want to ask you this question. Um, so you are the first black woman I've actually had on the podcast. And so I am interested to see what it was like for you to be a black student athlete and a black woman who was a student athlete as well. So you can talk about in high school or college, just your whole experience. So being a black student athlete in high school, I think my approach to being a black student athlete in high school was kind of my approach of being a black student at that high school. Just get in, kind of get in and get out. I'm not doing too much to be noticed, too much to be seen. But when it came to being like on the court with my people, I mean, you kind of forget Mm. any and every type of social construct, any and every type of anything when you're on the court as it should be like you right. should have that level of trust with your 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 fellow teammates like especially on the field because if i don't trust you there the, the, the chemistry is going to be off and when the chemistry off the mistakes start happening and it's it's just a whole ordeal so being a black student athlete i don't i'm not sure if i've thought about that enough to know that it was different than being a student athlete with a close team um so when it got to college it was kind of the same way there were quite a few black student athletes in college and on and on my uh, volleyball team too so it just kind of felt like this is this is normal like this is this is us right so i don't know i may have to you may have to i don't know i may have to think about that some more okay but i'm not sure because I agree with you, actually, that when I'm a part of my team, I don't look at it. I don't think about color in any sort of way at all. And I think that's the beauty of sports, that typically it is that way. And I think it's because you take time to be around your – and let me say this. Like, there are some instances where you might have some teammates that might say some off-the-wall comments. I probably have said some off-the-wall comments before. But for the most part – you're a team, and so you kind of know each other well, and you spend a lot of time with each other, and you like you give a little bit more grace when you know when you spend more time with the person. Right, and 
when you have that relationship, even if somebody says something off the wall and maybe they don't realize it was off the wall, you could you could explain it to them and be like, nah, no, 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 no. Exactly. Exactly. Don't do that. We're gonna put this behind us, but don't do that. Okay. Exactly. And and the person who may have said something off the wall, like because they trust you and they're on the team and stuff, they'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, okay, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I didn't you know, and put it behind you. Let's not do, you know? So, right. It's usually just one of those. Exactly. Usually the conversation goes that well. And it's like, okay, well, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to get that perspective from you. So transitioning back to your time at Richland. So you played your freshman year. Okay. Did you play your sophomore year as well? Yes. So you played your sophomore year and. I asked you this a couple weeks ago. Did you have any other opportunities after those last two years? So she said a two-year junior college. So you had two years to play. And then after you got your associates, you had to move on and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Did you have another opportunity to at least play, to at least play volleyball somewhere else? Yes. Um, I was presented the opportunity. Somebody had reached out to my coach. Well, actually, I think several people reached out to my coach. But after the first, somebody reached out to my coach about it and, you know, she pulled me to the office and was kind of talking to me about it. And I was like, to be honest, coach, nah. Mm. The opportunity was there. Uh, My experience was great. But my body hurt all the time. I I wish I would have done more to take care of my injuries during that time. So So by the time I got to that point, I was hurting and I was like, I'm too young and I didn't want to be coached anymore at the same time going through all this bodily pain. And so, yes, I had the opportunity, but I turned it down quickly. Wow. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, do you feel like you missed it? Or do you ever regret making that decision? I wouldn't say regret. Okay. But I knew that I, I knew that, you know, opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Um, you decide to go with one option, but what does that cost you over here? I knew that there was an opportunity cost when I was at UNT being a student only. And um, in the rec center, they had, I think, Tuesdays and Thursdays when they were volleyball nights. I'm like, hey, you know, I might as well go to volleyball night and play with other people who probably used to play. I went to that you know, got, got some rust off and things like that. And I was like, oh, oh, I miss it. Uh, like I, the, the other people who were there who were also really good and for whatever reason weren't playing or decided not to play, they um, were on a club team. So in, I think maybe all universities have it, but I know D1 universities have it where they have collegiate student athletes who compete in the conference. And then they have like club teams where you still complete, you compete against other colleges, but you compete against their club team and it's not NCAA official, but it's another type of official because they still have to regulate, you know, some of those policies. Mm -hmm. So I was approached to be like, Hey, like we're having a club team practice soon. You should come. We really like the way you're playing. And I was like, (laughs) like, it was right. to be reminded that, whoa, like I had it. Like right. this is what I used to do all the time. And mm-hmm. I used to get complimented on it. And I just, it was nice. I was like, okay, I'll come. Right. I went to that club team practice. And about halfway through the practice, my knee gave, my knee just gave out. 
So yes, Whoa. when I started that, like playing rec sports and then I got invited to do club team practice and stuff like that, I realized like, oh, this is what I was missing. Maybe I should have went to such and such or should have tried out other places or should have just tried to do it, to play at the next level um, after junior college. But when my knee gave out, oh, this is why. This is why mm. I did. You quickly reminded. Why? <laughs> my body was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And and it was weird because at club team practice, ain't no trainers. Right. Exactly. It's just you. <laughs> right. I had to take myself off the court and be like, you know what, guys? I'm going to go home to my, like, I had an apartment. I had to wobble myself. Man. My car. Drive home. Wobble myself up the stairs to my apartment. Take it upon myself to try to get some ice, take some mm. ibuprofen, because there were no trainers. Like, no it's trainer. a <laughs> then oh. the next day at class, I'm all sore. My knee is swollen. I got to try to get around campus. But whenever you're, uh, you're under a trainer, you know, they can give you braces. or Exactly. Give you no, ain't none of that. I had to just, I had to just wobble on, try not to change my gait, you know, too much until it kind of got better. And I was like, I'm, I, this is why. Got you. Yeah. So if there was a, a student athlete, either in high school, so let's say there's a high school student athlete who has a, has some opportunities to play in college but doesn't really know which option to pick, or someone like in your shoes that went to a two-year university, uh, college and had an opportunity and they kind of decided they wouldn't do it. What, what kind of advice would you give them? What would you get, have them think about um, as they're trying to mold that decision? Um, I would have them think about <clears> – <throat> their competitive level and how much time they want to play. Um, do they want to be on a team that's a winning team, but you, you can kind of realize that other people's skills are maybe a little more mm -hmm. crafted than yours and you may not play or may not play often, which is cool too. You maybe you want to go for that type of experience, the, um, the practice experience and things like that. Think about that you may like that and be around other players and they, Hey, you may get to those other players who are more crafted than you. And then bam, like you're, you're at their level. That's an option. Um, another option is finances. It's, it sucks to think about a lot of the times cause you can kind of get down in the dumps if you don't come from much, but it's, it has to be talked about. It has to be thought about um, scholarships outside of sports mm -hmm. See if you qualify for those um, need-based scholarships or even academic-based scholarships. Also, financial aid is a thing. Get started on that early. Think about that. And also, I just brought up like the injuries and things like that. If you're, I dealt with injuries in high school and I've always had like a knee problem since like middle school. I've always had issues with my knee. Think about how your injuries are right now and what you can do to really get those injuries better. And then think about what the colleges have available to help you go through that. Because one thing at Richland, because it was um, a conference, like a Dallas conference, we shared athletic trainers. We didn't have a set athletic trainer mm. fitting at Richland all day, every day, like you would at high school or would at other, um, like, I don't know if it was just a that conference thing or if that was like all D3 colleges. I don't know. But think about that. 
Um, and also because, because of that, they also didn't have like team doctors. They just had an agreement set up with a certain hospital and doctor's office, but it was on you to take yourself there, to make the appointment, to get stuff looked at, and then to meet with the athletic trainer, try to come up with a plan of action. And it's, I don't know, just, it's something that I didn't think about. And I kind of wish I would have thought a little bit more like what that looks like. Maybe I would have gotten a little better care, but. Wow, that is a, I've never thought about it from that perspective before with the athletic trainer piece. That is, that is definitely something that we also be thinking about because that is major. Like if you can't get the care that you need, especially yes. if you know you're injured, because it, unfortunately some people are just more injury prone than others. Yes. yes. And if you're one of those people that you need the care. Yes. So, oh man, that's, that's really good insight. Um, so transitioning from Richland to North Texas. Mm -hmm. So you're in North Texas now. Um, you kind of know this a little bit, but you're not a student athlete anymore. Right. First time since seventh grade that right. you don't have practices afterwards and that you're, I mean, you're just going to school. If you want to go at, go work out, that's great. If you want right. to go to club practice, that's great. Right. And so what were, what was the biggest challenge or change for you mentally from being a student athlete to everyone looks at me like I'm on a team. I'm just a regular student. So the biggest transition for me was it wasn't even the nobody looks at me as an athlete anymore. It was I have to discipline myself to get myself in shape. To tell myself that this is what I want to do. I have to go to the gym myself. I have to um, come up with my own workout plans. Because, uh, I mean, in, when you're an athlete in high school and in college, many times the coaches and the uh, strength trainers got all that for you. And they yep. give you the circuit, you're going to do this, and you can up the weight or up the reps if you want, but these are the exercises you're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm that available. So it was easy for me to get lazy mm -hmm. in that aspect. Like, I would do school and I'd be like, oh, you know, I could go work out or I could go to the cafeteria. Mm, that is a great option. <laughs> that is a great option. And so then after the cafeteria, you could be like, well, I still have time to go work out or I could go take a nap. Mm -hmm. It was, that was probably the toughest is like discipline myself that my body's used to working out. Like, um, being in shape and things like that and then slowly getting out of shape and then I realized oh no I am out of shape <laughs> is this what being out of shape feels like it yeah. was like I've been in shape my whole life right. so it was it was weird kind of like harping on that and then realizing like okay I'm out of shape it's a hard pill to swallow you're not you're not in your glory days anymore Alexis mm. You need to take yourself to the gym. You need to tell yourself to go do some cardio on top of your gym time. You can't just, I can't just go lift these weights and barely sweat and think I'm about to stay fit. I, I, I went the same process you went through. Yeah, like I need to like get my heart rate up, keep my heart rate up. I, college practices, that's another thing. In high school, I think there were like UIL rules as to how long you could practice. Yes. <laughs> Oh, coach, coach want to keep us here four hours? We're here four hours. Oh, y'all didn't have any, like, rules? Not to my knowledge. Oh, well, we, well, we had rules. We right. had them in place. 
they were there. So I'm gonna leave it at that. They were, right. they were there were rules in place. Right. So my body was used to having a, an increased or an intense intense heart rate for two, three hours, four hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And then transition into going to UNT. <laughs> I didn't have that. I didn't know how to I didn't know how to achieve it either. Got you. So I think that was a, a really big one, of course, mm. academically, but I figured out quickly academically what I liked and didn't like. That's my next question. Go into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, when I first got on UNT's campus, um, I didn't have a job just yet. I'm used, I'm used to working while doing stuff. So I didn't have a job just yet. And I realized that I had that incremental periods. Mm-hmm. So I think by the second or third week of school, I started going to the computer labs. I started mm-hmm. doing libraries or I started going to a uh, professor's office hours. Cause when you get in those big, the big classes. What's so your biggest fun. one? If you can remember. Chemistry. How many people? Over 300. Oh, they put us in this huge auditorium. Oh, wee. 300. I think my most was like 150. Mm-mm. At Richland, I think I had a class that was almost 100, and it was like a history class, you know, a core class. Right. When I got to UNT, a much bigger school, a over 300 class size, that's another thing from JUCO to regular four-year college. These class sizes are huge, and I thought in JUCO, the professors knew they were going to get paid. Oh, at UNT? <laughs> they definitely get paid. They said, we don't take attendance. It's 300 of y'all. You come, if you come, you don't, you don't. Right. So I would go to classes and I would be so lost, but I would have to take it upon myself to go to office hours, to talk to the TAs or talk to the professor themselves, get extra help. So I really learned that filling my time in between stuff was what worked best for me. So when I was able to find a job, I was able to set my job up for you know, a large period of time but later in the day because during my class times days, I was still studying. Mm-hmm. So the job didn't affect me too too adversely. And you talked about earlier that you want, initially you want to go into physical therapy. So was your bachelor's in kinesiology? Yes, yes. I got a bachelor's of science in kinesiology. I, like I said, knew for a very long time that physical therapy is for me. I have had a lot of injuries. I like what athletic trainers do. I like what the physical therapists did that I did Mm -hmm. see. I liked it. And I wanted to be around other athletes, like younger athletes. Like I wanted to help them go from bad to great, Mm -hmm. like boost their confidence and things like that. So I thought, um, I got to my senior year. So my last year at UNT, and I was joining organizations like that were uh, physical therapy related and did some hours and internships and some tours. And so I was putting in that work to, to find out more about the field. And I just wish I would have done it sooner because when I put in that work to find out a lot more about the field, I realized this isn't what I thought. And I don't think this is the right career for me, but I'm in my last year. Right. So you're at this moment in your last year. And so what happens? Like, what did you do after that? I, I took a long, long, deep breath. 
to think about it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I talked to my dad about it too. My dad was very money oriented. He wanted me to make always the financially smart decisions. Now that I'm grown, like at first I'd be like, but I, but I want to do this, right. but, but we got student loans for that. Like I'm good. I'm gonna live in an apartment. Like, yeah, right. Because, right. So things like that. Um, now that I'm grown, I get it. <laughs> so I remember talking to him about it and he was financially, he's like, now Lexi, you're in your last year. You have loans out. You're also on like some grants and scholarships and stuff, but you do have loans out. I don't think you should take out more loans to do an extra year and a half at UNT to change your major, to go through those major courses. And even then, I didn't even know what I would change my major to. So um, that was, it was financially smarter for me to stick to it, stick it out. I made good grades. because I, I mean, I still enjoyed it academically. So I made the grades. Um, the concentration classes, the 4,000 level classes were, you know, they were okay. And I just, I stuck it out. And then after you graduated, did you just, what did you do after you graduate? I found a job. I, after, okay, so after I graduated, I knew, so hold on, let me pause. Because mm -hmm. it was my senior year, I realized physical therapy isn't it. So that's, that's when I started researching other careers. I started researching other degrees, like graduate degrees, like, okay, so I got this kinesiology degree, I'm gonna finish it out. But to get in a field where I wanna be, I need some type of background or training or something in that. And I started researching uh, business schools. Um, I thought that I would settle and to me it was settling. I was like, okay, so I had this kinesiology degree. I could go get into an athletic training program. You know, it's not as much as physical therapy, but I already got the background. I'm already good at the classes. I already know. I might as well just do that. And that didn't, it didn't pan out, I, but I researched it. It didn't pan out and I'm glad it didn't, but I researched business schools. I researched um, like what it takes to get in, in the business schools, like what money was available. Did I have to take GRE exams or GMAT exams and things like that. So I knew that I was going to graduate school before I graduated with my kinesiology bachelor's. But after I graduated with that, I knew I couldn't just flat out afford graduate school. So I got a job, a full-time job at UNT. And one of their biggest benefits is paying for any classes you, you decide to take there. Um, I think it's 75% covered mm. by faculty and staff scholarship. That's good. Mm -hmm. So I got into an entry-level position. It wasn't much, but it was the most money I'd ever made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the benefits, I immediately got on like state benefits, didn't realize like how big of a deal that was until now. Mm -hmm. um, vision, dental, and then this scholarship. So I was like, okay, if I can get a job at UNT's campus, like I start work there, kind of get acclimated to working a full-time job. Right. From being a student to a adult, get acclimated, apply, um, do all that. And so that's what I did after my bachelor's. And that's what led me to my master's degree now. 
Let's not forget, let's not skip over the principle. The principle was she realized that what she was doing was not what she ultimately wanted to do. So she did not alter the whole course of her life to make, because a lot of times there's a thing called um, overcorrection. Mm-hmm. And so like, imagine us driving a car and so we see something in the street and like we swerve over. Right. And then we try to swerve over real quick and that's because we overcorrect and go into the different lane. No, 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 no. It causes a lot more damage. Right. We, what we should do, sit, you said you took a deep breath. Mm-hmm. So important. You took a deep breath and you realized, okay, this is not what I want. What can I do? We always do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. Yes. Yes. And so you realize, okay, if I get this job, this can give me this business degree that I actually want. I want this. I want what's right. after this business degree. Right. So you went through the process and you're like, okay, if I do this now for two, three, however many years, this can help me in the future with what I ultimately want to do. Yes. Which gets me to my next question. What do you want to do? What is your ultimate vision and dream that you want to do? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because sometimes I feel like it changes every day. Which is normal. It changes for me as well. <laughs> that is so normal. But um, the overall gist of it is I am interested in human resources. Mm-hmm. So I am interested in recruiting. I'm interested in benefits. I'm interested in training uh, deploy, uh, employee development. I'm interested in organizational development. I'm interested in the investigation things. Just overall, I am interested in that. I, I know I'm a people person and I feel like being in HR allows me the opportunity to connect with other employees and to help them. So it's further than me wanting to just be in an office processing benefits or processing payroll or something like that. Like, no, I want to be in a leadership position where I am implementing strategic changes Mm. that will further help build this company up because Mm. the number one resource a company has is their employees. Mm. It's, It's not capital. It's not your assets. It's your employees. And if your company culture and your employees aren't aren't in line you're gonna fail you're you're gonna fail so that's what i'm re- that's my biggest thing um it took me a while to really realize that okay i i like this i want to study this a little more i want to get into that field work my way up do get under some get under some people who are already there like it took me a while to get there but that's what i want to do and the thing is like you're there you're about to be 26 in a couple weeks Mm-hmm. About to be 26, and you now you because you put yourself in a position to get further education and to be like, okay, I don't want to do the kinesiology, I want to continue to figure that out. Like, there's people who are 45 and 50 who don't know that, right? Who don't know what they want to do, and you put yourself in that situation. And so, like you've been saying the whole time, all you high school, junior high, high school student athletes, if you just put yourself out there earlier, yes, we're trying to tell you because I didn't realize to my master's degree either. What I want to do. Mm-hmm. If you can figure it out earlier, you'll be so much further ahead than everyone else. So that's good. And y'all see the passion she had in her voice. Like this is something that she truly <laughs> wants to do. So that is great. Um, let's see. This has definitely been fun. Um, I always end the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of putting you on the spot because I don't think I told you this yet. But this I'll do this every time. Can you give our student athletes 
three to five pieces of advice um, that they need to be thinking about, pondering, um, moving into college and or being a college student athlete? Yeah, okay. So something specifically for moving into college or getting at, at the point where maybe you're junior high or high school and you know you want to be a college athlete. I want to encourage you that all you have is all you need. Like, like I said, I didn't have the resources to, you know, hone my craft at eight years old, like many other of my peers during that time. But when I had the resources, I, I still find, even though I was late, I was considered like a late bloomer or a late entry person into that type of world. I still did it. So just all you have is what you need. So if all you have is school resources, you have school coaches, you have school workout facilities, utilize it. I, um, my senior year, when the volleyball season was over, I was already, I knew I was going to Richland, signed, committed, all that stuff. I didn't just chill. I still had like, you know, seniors have that off period. Mm -hmm. I went with my coach and I was like, hey, is there a way, I know you may not trust me because I'm a student with your key mm -hmm. to get into the weight room, but is there a way like, who's in the weight room at that time? Can you talk to them? Let me work out with them. She talked to the football coach. Mm -hmm. My senior year, I worked out with the football team. Wow. I'm outside with, with sledgehammers and tires. <laughs> right, right. Because that's, that's what I had. That was the resource I had. I didn't have the outside athletic facilities. Sure, it would have been great to have that and have a personal trainer. Yes, but I just talked to my volleyball coach. She set something up. I'm working out with football players at this point. Mm -hmm. You can imagine how, how strong, unintentionally, but how strong I was getting. Right, exactly. <laughs> to, exactly. to prepare myself for college. So that's number one. Um, number two, just remember that academics truly come first if you want to be a college athlete. Um, yes, yes, you can go professional. Yes, you don't have to finish, but yes, you do have to be eligible to play. Mm -hmm. take that, yeah, take that seriously. And just take it a little further than being eligible. Take that extra step, that extra initiative. Just take it seriously. Retain, understand. It, it can get stressful. Sometimes in high school, you may feel like there's too much on your plate or I got to go this, I got to do that. And I got prom and I got to go to the game and hang out with my friend. Like it may seem stressful and stuff like that, but just take those opportunities to, to really retain whatever you can in high school from your yeah. teachers and class or even from organizations. So that's number two. Number three, take care of your body. I think that's a big one for me. Take care of your body. Um, from injuries all the way till when you're, when, if you decide not to be an athlete anymore, all the way after that point, you know, take care of it, lo love your body, understand it's gonna go through changes, weight gains, weight losses, things like that, things may start creaking because you were an athlete. <laughs> like, my I know. My knee literally <laughs> just popped. Just popped when you said <laughs> my, 
this is my right arm's my hitting arm. Oh, I do this now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Like I can right. hear all of it. But um, just just take care of your body. Uh, take better care while you're in high school. Take, listen to your trainers. If they're not there to keep you from being successful, like from being the greatest athlete on the field or on the court. They're not there to do that. Right. I promise you. Just really take care of your body um, with the injuries and with just being healthy in general. Mm-hmm. I think all I got is three. Oh, uh, no, those were – that was a good three. That was a really good three. Yeah, so, Alexa, we definitely appreciate you being on. Yeah. Um, man, your story is going to help so many people. So, thank you so much. And I hope you have a good day. And we'll see all y'all next week. <laughs>